It seems like about once a year, um, I hear people talk like this. Hey, we're having revival at our church. Y'all come. Uh, I don't know about you, but in our county, in our part of the country, um, revival is a church program that churches do usually in the fall season. I'm not sure why the fall season, but they're using the word revival in a human way. It's like we, we cut God down to size and we reduce him to a church program. And uh, what I want to say and what I hope that you'll receive with grace if you are a person who is doing that kind of revival program is that originally the word revival referred to something much bigger. And it's, it referred to something that God does, not something that we do. And so um, there have been a couple of guys uh, down through the toward the end of the 20th century, 1970s, 80s, and 90s, who um, spent much of their lives trying to trace the word revival back to what it originally meant and to show the greatness of God and the greatness of what he did under the rubric of revival. So trying to recover the original meaning of the word and and show the greatness of God in the process. Uh, these two guys, J. Edwin Orr and Ian Murray, were revival historians. J. Edwin Orr passed away at the end of the century, I believe, um, and then I believe uh, Ian Murray is still alive. He's in his 90s, um, but he hasn't written for for a while. So these are really 20th century um, historians of revival. And they have done a great favor to all of us because they have done the hard work of research, uh, going back into documents, you know, old books, but more than that, uh, even prayer journals and letters and uh, different things that people wrote down to to be eyewitnesses of mighty moves of God in the past, so that then they could base the not just the word revival, but base the acts of God in our history on fact, not opinion. So we Christians are used to being uh, strong on opinions and kind of weak on facts. Um, someone will have an opinion, and just because they're a forceful leader, um, they're strong preachers or intellectuals or have a lot of people that they have brought to Christ, then they have an opinion, and that opinion is weighty, and so we, we share that opinion, but it's not really necessarily based on fact. So what, uh, what a revival historian does is different from that. Uh, re a revival historian goes back to the, uh, the documents on which historians base their understanding of what happened in any area. It could be government, it could be um, a, 
politics, wars, it could be any area. But where it's the moves of God, we need to be also just as much rooted in fact, not opinion. And so that's why I believe God provided some revival historians. Now, there have been people who have talked about revival and written about revival, but they were not historians as such. And we're, we're used to having people be inspirational. Like Martin Lloyd-Jones was an inspirational speaker and preacher who talked a lot about revival. And so we're used to having people uh, inspire us, um, give us a vision of uh, life and the power of God. But that's not exactly what revival historians do. Then there are people like Kathy Walters. Um, she's a writer. She's written uh, the story of, for example, here's the, the story of the Hebrides revival in, uh, in 1948 to 52. Very good book. This is, I've underlined this book countless times. I use it in my, my own preaching, you know, my own teaching. Um, it's inspiring to just read her accounts. She's a storyteller. But the revival historian is not trying to be inspirational. The revival historian is trying to be truthful. And that's a different thing. So you read a book like this one by J. Edwin Orr, who is telling the story of the evangelical awakenings of 1790 to 1830 here. So he's done the research. He's He's gone back and he... It's not inspirational, it's informative. You see the difference? And it's guys like these, Ian Murray and J. Edwin Orr, who are my true heroes. They're the guys that really did the research so that we could get down to facts, just brass tacks, you know, just what did God do? And we'll, then we'll know the truth. You know, it won't be opinion. It'll be facts. It'll be as much factual as the Civil War or uh, the fact that Ronald Reagan became president. You see what I'm saying? It's God came down and he did this and this is what happened. And so we have now revival historians who can show us what God did. And they are my true heroes. Uh, uh, just this last well, two years ago now, um, I, I, I did some speaking in Scotland, and uh, I discovered that uh, a member of the church where I was speaking was a guy named Tom Lenny. Well, Tom Lenny was one of these heroes of mine. You know, I'd read this book, Scotland, Land of Many Revivals, and Tom is a 21st century historian of revival. And so uh, I was able to meet him and I said, well, um, Tom, let's let's have both of us speak about this subject. So we were like a tag team of wrestlers. You know, I started and then he'd come on and then I'd come on and then he'd come on. And it was really fun, you know, to, to share a speaker's platform with Tom Lenny, my hero. And, uh, and so... Here's another one that he's written, Glory in the Glen. But these are not, you see, they're not um, inspirational books. They're fact books, and we need fact books. 
um, about God. Um, otherwise, what, what happens is we tend to think that God just stopped doing stuff at the end of the book of Acts. No, he didn't. But if you don't have anyone to trace the facts back to the beginning, you can easily slide into this kind of unbelieving attitude. Well, God did stuff back then, but he stopped, and he doesn't do much of anything today, and we can't really expect him to because, um, you know, he never does much of anything. So what I appreciate about the revival historians is they have shown us that the book of Acts was not the last we've heard from God. See what I'm saying? The book of Acts continued on. The kingdom of God continued on. There's more to the gospel of Jesus than the Christian religion. It's the gospel of the kingdom. And if we believe that God stopped doing stuff um, way back in the first century, then what that's going to lead to is the sense that the kingdom of God isn't real. Well, it is real. God is real. And God has continued to reveal himself generation after generation, century after century. And that's what I'm trying to tell in my two books, Glory Through Time. And so I'm excited about revival historians because they're the guy. I don't have time to go back into all the books and all the documents and all the letters and all the prayer journals and do the work that these historians have done. But now what I can do is I can take a book like this and I can say, this is what God did. Tom has done the work for me. Now I can tell the story in a flowing narrative. And that's what I do. All right, so I think it's important because God is about to reveal himself again in another season of revival. Not a church program, but an outpouring like a fresh Pentecost. And he's done it before, and he can do it again. So the more we realize this, the more we're likely to pray for this and have it happen.